good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and in continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Polstering Press. For this great studio, hey, Patrick. I'm going to give you almost zero crap about that. Because <laughs> I've done this 171 times. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed a few. <clears throat> you're allowed to... to, to well, people know, should know it's a live read, right? Yeah. Yes, that's good. That's po- you're, you're adding authenticity. That's that, is that what it is? Yeah, it's, yes. it's important for you to... I'm, I'm fallible. I'm human. You're pretending to be fallible. I appreciate that. <laughs> I would like you to meet our guest this morning, Robin Newman. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you are a, um, I think you said second generation Santa Barbara. That's right. And um, you you came on my radar through uh, another circumstance, but you're representing global egg donors. That's correct. And and tell us what that is. Global egg donors. I tell people what I do for work is I find beautiful young women worldwide that will donate their eggs to infertile women worldwide. And how long have you been doing that? 16 years professionally. And before that, I volunteered for uh, Infertility Support Group Resolve. It's a national organization. I ran the help, the hotline. And how it... Okay, so we're gonna, we have plenty of time. <laughs> we have plenty of time. It's a big subject. But yeah, I, I'm curious how new this world is, this this... Is it, did science enable us to do some things or have people, I mean, kind of take me back maybe a hundred years ago when, when someone was determined to be infertile, what would they do? I mean, there's nothing they could do. There was no, I mean, just curious. Well, a hundred years ago, women were getting pregnant in their teens, which is how we should be doing. This is how we're programmed. Uh, nowadays, women are waiting till their thirties or late twenties. So egg donation has been around at least 30 years, okay. and it is evolving rapidly. It's the many combinations are fascinating. I just love my work. It's become far less, um, I don't want to say the word tab, but like novel. It's less novel anymore, really. Even. Absolutely. Right. Like it's, it's, this is kind of one of the many tools in the kit of how people are dealing with infertility. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the best. Now, you you say that this specializes in affordable egg donation. So is is this the kind of thing I got a feeling that uh, they go after the rich couples and, you know, and charge an insane amount of money for this? I agree. That's is what happens <clears throat> most often in America. And I got divorced because of my infertility. After 15 mm. years, we were broke. Hmm. And it ruined us emotionally, financially. So I left the United States to reinvent myself. Hmm. And I certainly was trying to put infertility behind me at that point after 20 years of my own struggles. And it really is a heartbreak. It's like going through heartbreak every single month. Hmm. And I... Where did you go? I went to many different countries. But when I found South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa... I saw the beauty, uh, the incredible people there, and 
So I stopped and I rented a house, got a car, decided I was going to figure myself out there and realized after a lot of soul searching that the medical care was phenomenal and I really could help people uh, with their infertility and I started an egg donor program. In South Africa. In South Africa. So only in America are egg donors allowed to get paid lots of money. Hmm. Everywhere else in the world. It's highly regulated. In South Africa, they were paying the donors $300. I got that raised eventually to $700. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Um, So our donors... They get $1,500 now. We pay them all the same. They come from 30 different countries. How they, invasive is the procedure for those for those of us kind of sitting on the outside of it? Like, like oh, that seems like a, a major operation. Yeah. Like, how? What does the what does the procedure look like for for somebody who's looking to donate? Well, just this morning in Los Angeles, a donor underwent the procedure. She's under a light anesthesia, all of 15 minutes. Okay. He uses a suction needle to suck out the eggs. There's no stitching, no bleeding, and he got 26 eggs. And she's awake now. She's still on painkillers. 26 eggs. And, and just for those of us bad at science, 26 eggs out of several million that are that are in an ovary? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 26 that matured this month. This just this month. Right. We're okay. born with over 40,000 cells. Okay. And normally one cell matures every single month. Okay. But she has had hormone injections that Wh- she administered to herself over 10 days. And in her case, she's very young, very healthy. 26 is a little more than we want. And next time the doctor will lower the meds. So sure. it's not quite sick. 26. Okay. But out of 26, let's look at the numbers. Out of 26 eggs, maybe 20 will fertilize. Out of those 20, they'll get um, genetically tested and maybe we'll have 10 great embryos, which is many more than a couple needs still. This, this, you know, I'm from my experience of of this, and so this is, I'm looking for you to dispel this for me because like, you know, we, we certainly... I don't know, 10, 15 years ago when I was in, in college, there were these conversations around donating um, various things um, to, to, to support uh, couples that, that, need, that were infertile. And, uh, and at the time, egg donation seemed like a very, like, like that you would have to really morally debate it with yourself and decide, do you want to be to participate in this way? Because this might, you know, and it's like, it doesn't seem dark at all. It doesn't seem like there's any kind of heavy moral dilemma around this. This seems like a, a simple procedure that allows you to contribute to the world in a good way. Am I mistaken or am I characterizing it wrong? I think it's been all about education and awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, sperm donation was never thought twice about. Right. It wasn't ever treated like this kind of thing. Right. Like, but egg know. donation is different in that uh, it, it's much more invasive for the donor. She's got to go through these injections and it has to be done fresh, sure. whereas sperm is easily frozen. Mm. So the donors, they love traveling to whatever clinic they're going to uh, for 10 days. Mm. So this donor is actually staying in my home in Santa Barbara's where oh. she, mm. what she wanted to do. And she brought her mother with her and they're having a blast. Right now she's going to take a couple days of um, rest and recuperation and then we've got a big 4th of July planned. Mm. So and she's South African. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I want to go back to the, so 
a, a female has 40,000 cells at birth. Mm -hmm. At least, yeah. At least. And then over her lifetime, those will mature on a monthly basis. Right. And what's, how many mature in a month? Is 26 high, low, medium? That's the hormones kicked in, she said. Right. Usually one or two will mature every one month. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is by the time you're 35, that's the average age when those cells, no matter how many there are, they start aging mm -hmm. and it gets becomes harder and harder to conceive after the uh. age of 35. The average age of the person we help is 41. Hmm. Oh. So you go to a playground nowadays and you'll see many women in their 40s picking up their children. You know, it's a, it's a pretty common thing because people are waiting later to have their family or their second child. And so they're turning well, to egg donation. Life expectancy, ex life expectancy sure. has mm -hmm. increased, you know, exponentially from where it was, yes. you know, just 20 years ago. Right. And so that also causes that kind of like, I think that the, the baby boomer generation has definitely demonstrated to us that a, a healthy, viable lifestyle exists, you know, far into your 70s and, and into your 80s even, where you're being very mobile and active. And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, there, fewer and fewer fathers are dying in their 50s from heart attacks at their desks. You know what I mean? Like we're starting yeah. to see like, yeah. That if you if you have a child, I'm 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 coming from this as, as a 41 year old uh, uh, father, right? Like I'm about to be a father right now, and so like there there is that for me. I'm trying to build a little defense of like, well, yeah, I'll be 60 when she graduates high school. That's not too old, right? It, not at all. Right? It, it really isn't. I'm 60. I could have a baby now if I wanted to with egg mm, donation. Interesting. But I don't. Really? I'm healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. The um, uh, there have been several 60 year olds and a 72 year old Indian that gave birth via egg donation. I don't support that at all. There's was, got to be a cutoff, but it is physically <laughs> possible. Was she operating as a surrogate at that point, or was she, this was just for her? For her. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, there's a lot, you know. I know. Different choices, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. So back to this, the, the ethical or moral debates mm. or all of that, you, you said it's done through education. How many um, organizations like yours are there out there that are, taking this on, the education, the awareness bit? Hopefully everyone's taking on the education and the awareness bit. I am uh, probably the only one in the world doing it like we do it. So how are you doing it differently? Our donors are worldwide. We send them to, well, we've approved of eight clinics <laughs> in different countries. And what I believe in is that the couples need to be able to choose their donor looking at an adult picture be able to meet her if they want to and be able to have continued contact with this person. I believe in the humanity of the experience mm. and I want everyone to um, participate as much as they feel comfortable. I mean, that, that's a real shift from, from the past. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, there is no reason why not, why not meet your donor. Why not say thank you to her? I have a very unusual situation right now where I have a couple in Santa Barbara. They're normally from Australia or hmm. Europe or somewhere. Well, she just met with her donor on my deck a couple hmm. days ago, and she has been the most nervous person, just certain it's not going to work. She's been through three IVFs, huge financial, emotional heartbreak. <sighs> and when she met this donor, she is just glowing and beaming wow. and so settled down. And just a few uh, an hour ago, I reported to her that she had 26 eggs. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's in tears. So that's going to be a good call. That's yes. going to feel good, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so this donor will get updates from her maybe once a year. Um, it's the donor's self-esteem is shoots through the roof doing this. Because this is not, this is there really is a feeling of like I think from my point of view is that it's that it's not the way we kind of framed it 20, 30, 40 years ago of no. like that that's her child that's no. been made over there. It's that she contributed a component to that child. Absolutely, she gave a gift of life. Right, mm-hmm. but not the but not the whole. What am I trying to say? There's not that same level of like, it's not like adoption. It's not like she's adopted my child and my child is over there. It's more like I contributed. I gave the gift of life, but not, I, I just, I'm really trying to draw some lines around it so that it doesn't, f- there, it seems like we're in a new place. Like the fact that the donor and the recipient are meeting on your deck is really, I think, part of where we're at in this world. And I think it's a very good place. Absolutely. I send um, updates between couples and donors all the time. Yeah. This is our daughter's fifth birthday. We've lit a special candle just for you. She knows mm-hmm. that an angel has helped bring her into this world. We can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that may happen every few years, uh, may happen once a year. It's beautiful. And then I will put them in direct contact uh, when the donor's a bit older. I know they met on my porch, but they don't exchange direct contact until the donor's past donating age when she's a little more mature. So help me on the science of this yes I'm, I don't understand it all the way <laughs> so I get the harvesting the eggs mm-hmm. and then you said 20 will fertilize so they they will be fertilized so there's a sperm donor involved here as well correct so as soon as the eggs are removed from her body yeah they were they are fertilized by the husband's sperm got it if if he's viable yes right. if he's viable correct right. And then they have to grow in a Petri dish for five days, and they grow into embryos, five-day embryos. And that's the day they normally would implant into the womb. So the doctor will take one or two right. and transfer them to the womb of the mother. Saving the other three or four for, for another. Exactly. As a backup. Yes, correct. Wow. And these embryos have all been tested. The sex is revealed during the testing. Some couples In choose. In five days, you know that? Yes. Wow. Chromosomes? Is that what's doing it there? Who knows? Yeah, right. It's, ma- so it's science. It's not magic. It's science. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Magic that, to me. Yeah. It's all a miracle. Everyone is a miracle. Yeah. Right. It is, right? Yes. Yeah. I agree, it, so. it truly is. Mm-hmm. And so... In that DNA testing, you can tell, I think, because you, you said they're, they're tested as well, because you want to make sure that you've got, there All isn't some... All chromosomes are present, and, they, and none are defective. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Because I'm, I'm kind of paying attention to the whole CRISPR thing that's going on with you know, mapping DNA and, mm-hmm. and all the stuff that's going on in that world. I mean, that's a whole other yes. area that's kind <laughs> of... We was it you the other day we were talking about and we were saying like uh, genetically modified for us would be these really uh, absurd things that nobody would really care about but us but like I just would like my fingernails to stop growing can we do that can we genetically <laughs> modify I just I don't want to have to trim my fingernails anymore like I want fingernails I just don't want to 
trim them? Is there any way they could be self-trimming or just kind of like, that would be a great, like when people talk about genetic right. modification, they're like, well, I want to run like, like Usain Bolt or I want to like be a basketball player. And I'm like, I just want my fingernails to stop bugging me. Well, well the TED talk I'm, I'm reminded of was the guy who explained CRISPR to us for the first time mm. at TED. And they, they brought out um, the racks of books to he it was I don't know it was 160 encyclopedia sized books that were both sides of a thousand pages per book of a A B C D C the 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 pairs the, 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 pair, the, the genome with no space in between it was just pages oh, of that and it's a he beautiful says, illustration it was perfect because yeah. then you looked went ah and they had a camera that let us look in on and he said and you only need to have two of those swapped have something pretty messed up yeah right it's just it's it's well, stunning back, what back we can to what do. you just said robin about a miracle where you just look at it and you go how did all they how did they all up. line up perfectly <laughs> the, and and not only that but they keep lining up for us you know every time we have a child you know like i said we're going through having a child right now and having that like everything lined up all at the like miracle so it, i love the the getting to see them as an adult and getting to meet them, and that, and that's a big part of it. I love this humanity piece of it. Um, does a, a woman who decides, uh, and it's going to say a young woman who decides to be a donor, um, are they repeat donors? Because that's the question. Most often with our program, we treat them very well. We support them fully. We meet them when they get off the airplane, but well before that, they have a support person that's assigned to them who's always texting them, reminding them about appointments, problem solving if they can't start their car, whatever the situation. <laughs> and then when they get to whatever clinic they're at, we make certain that they have a good time. Now, um, how many people in your organization that are doing this? There's six full-time team members. And, and, and all over the world? Primarily in Cape Town. That's where I started, and oh. um, employees stick with me. <laughs> Our very first egg donor is uh, my top employee. She does all the donor support. Oh, she, I love that. Yeah. She's, she's been through it. She knows what She's done it yeah. eight times in her 10 years really? donating eggs, and she has a beautiful daughter and probably will have another. And how many, uh, I don't know if I asked this, I'm sorry, uh, how many services like this, or I know how you're different, but how many services like this are out there in the universe? So in America, there's probably 50 egg donor programs. That's not even Every big. clinic has a little bit of sure, a program, yeah. but then there's probably 50 or 25 independent ones. Every, Not every country has an egg donor program. We were the first in South Africa for six years, and as of this month, I've just been accepted to become the first egg donor program in Australia. Interesting. Okay. And I'm very excited about that. I've worked on that for years. What was the hurdle? Uh, they didn't want anybody to profit anywhere. So in the chain oh. of the operation, they don't exactly. want anybody to. But, but you're exactly. Looking and at the donor has to be known. She has to register. Sure. But you're looking at it saying, like, in order to provide the service, there has to be a profit inside of the service. I have to get paid. Well, and I'd love to do it as a volunteer, but I can't afford to. Right. right. You have to, it, there has yeah. to be an operating cost. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. But they didn't allow that for a long time. And 
Really? When I met with the head of 17 clinics over there, she said, I believe we're complying to everything. And the, the contract is with the lawyers right now. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah. that's fingers crossed. Yeah. What's been your biggest surprise through this? You've done it this 15 years? Mm-hmm. 16. I'm into my 16th year. Yep. Biggest surprise. That it's as lasted as long as it has, that it's grown the <laughs> well, way that it has. And you're just trying it out and maybe just thinking. Right. I just it. thought, what a cool idea. I'm going right. to help a few people. But now, in the last, we only started working with a clinic in America five years ago. I always was convinced they charged too much and yeah. it wasn't necessary. But uh, I found a phenomenal clinic and I'm certain there's more. But since then, the donors are close enough now that I can go down and meet and really spend the week with many of them. And now they're coming up to my house. I take them to Cold Springs Tavern and nice. we dance on Sundays. <laughs> nice. And I am getting so much joy out of what they experience now. And they're in tears when the, don't, when the couple gets pregnant. They're praying for them. They will not even have a sip of wine, even though that really is okay before their egg donation <laughs> procedure because they are so pulling for this couple. It means a lot to them. So I know the babies are a phenomenal um, miracle and final outcome, but uh, the donors are just growing. So, so you're treating it like like you're building. We, we talk all the time about there not being, that, that we really struggle with celebration in this country and ceremony, that we don't really know how to do celebrations and ceremony other than we just kind of like, like we look in Martha Stewart magazine to figure out how to do a wedding, you know, or we, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that part of, part of growing a, a tradition or a custom or, um, or maybe making something normalized for the rest of us is to have a bit of a celebration and ceremony around it. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with your donors is that you're developing this weekend so that when somebody looks at it, it's not like, oh, well, I wouldn't have had a medical procedure where I, I donated an egg and got paid $1,500. No. Instead, it's I participated oh, no. in the creation of a family and mm. I got to help mm. be I was this was my role in that participation the same way that the nurse the doctor the you know you mm -hmm. everybody around they all play their different role to help make a family and that donor really gets to feel like they weren't just um, a harvested you know like they weren't just there for their, their cell yeah. they were there as to, to contribute what they had to offer and that's really a beautiful thing. I think that makes a thing. It goes so far beyond that yeah. as well. It just mm. it tell and, us. and okay, I'll tell you at least two aspects that popped into mind. One is the donors say what they appreciate so much is the sisterhood of donors. Oh yeah. I usually try to bring one or two in at the same time. If not, they're connected on Facebook or like we, that's we, like that's a badge of honor. Absolutely. Yeah. We hardly ever advertise for a donor. Right. I mean, we got one donor found us from Iceland on the, uh, the website on the internet. And so now we have 18 Iceland donors because of her. Do you think that those donors are empathizing with the women they're donating to with that that thought of like if this was absolutely. me? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's a big part of the donation, I imagine. Yeah. Like, um, so here's another way. It's just expanding and expanding. Here's an exceptional story. Uh, one of our donors, she's now 31, no longer donating for us. She's donated uh, four times. Once was to a gay couple in Wales. Hmm. They have a beautiful four-year-old daughter. And then later on, she donated to another gay couple in Australia. She donated twice to them because each one wanted to be the biological father of a child. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
their two babies got born. But the but the but the children are siblings because they're from the same. They're half siblings from the same cell. Right. Yeah. So <gasps> they wanted to know who else had children by this same donor. So I put them both together. So as soon as the twins old. were born in <sighs> Australia, the whales couple flies over, oh, and they're provides that support, create, yeah. creating an incredible family. Interesting, because that yeah. is that that is that thing of, of uh, you know distant relatives. Um, there's there's a charm to that. And we're choosing them now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're building. Yeah, <laughs> you're building. You're building families. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I, I have two questions, big ones. I think um, you said 18 donors from Iceland, and I'm curious is country preference play into this when someone's selecting. Like I'm trying to think of what the selection criteria are and does the fact that they're Icelandic or they're Scandinavian or South African, is that part of the, I mm. mean, it's part of it, but w in the scale, where is it in the hierarchy? Normally, if we have a heterosexual couple, they look for someone as close to the wife as possible. Mm. Hmm. And that seems like there's no... Th and that's it's not easy a, to do. Right, and that's not a very morally questionable thing, right? Like, that seems pretty straightforward. Like So now... This is what's making it fascinating. We have Caucasian couples choosing African egg donors. Sure. Sure. We have Asians choosing Caucasians. We have all kinds of combinations now. Because we've we've broken that barrier between yeah. saying what yeah. you know, what does your family have to look like? There's well, another barrier. We have a single woman, it's happened several times now, who um, they aren't married, they've got a huge family support network, um, of course we'll help them. So they choose a <coughs> donor, but who's the sperm donor? They obviously mm. need a sperm donor, their brother. Huh. Mm. Completely healthy child. Sure. It's not incest, that's immediately what everybody jumps to. This is a beautiful child. It, I mean, it's very well known that a young sister will donate for her older sister. Right, what it allows it, it so allows to maintain a, a family right. DNA in there so, right. that the, yeah. so that the child is yes. related to related. the rest of the family. And now we have couples who have had all the children they want, they still have six embryos frozen. Mm. What do they do with them? Donate them. So twice last year, they donated them back to the donor. Huh. And these donors, uh, one was 37 and one was um, close to 40. Yeah. They gladly accepted them because they were both single. And they were functioning embryos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's, you know, and I, I amazing, think, isn't it? Well, it, <laughs> right? it, it is. It's yeah. amazing in 2017. I, I suspect that in 2030 it won't be. I suspect right. It, right. it won't be amazing. Right. It'll just be right. like, oh yeah, well, that's that probably seemed interesting back in 2017. But you know what I mean? Like, like we, it seems amazing to us because this seems like like a new way to make families, whereas it's really just different math. Right. I wonder if they'll be saying, oh, we'd love to use those embryos, except the DNA didn't get to be modified in the certain. Right. Way they couldn't. They couldn't make the fingernails yeah. stop growing. I. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm really. I'm. I'm kind of fascinated by those too. Is that is that there there are ones there's all sorts of uh, analogous stories about um, the car accident and the loss of the of, of the father and there were saved mm -hmm. embryos or um, this idea that that embryos can can you know that that you can get siblings 
that essentially the embryo was created at the same time, but they were then born five, seven years apart. Exactly. Mm. You know, so it becomes mm. these very, and, and I maybe that's just some poetry that I imagine because I like sci-fi, but there's this really lovely kind of like all of our previous misconceptions or conceptions about families and the way they exist are just done for. We're, we're in a new world and we, and we have to start building our, our imaginations around that and acceptance around that, which I think is great. Well, I, I think of those big family reunions we hear. I've got a small family, but I, I see the ones where, you know, you, you go to a hotel and mm-hmm. there's like 300 people all wearing a red T-shirt I've that been says. To that. I've been to that reunion. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so now I'm imagining that these are all, all the kids are related and the parents aren't, right? Mm. Um, so, there are restrictions on how many times a donor donates and okay. how many children from that. Your donor restrictions? Country restrictions and mine. Got it. I want to go to um, these days there's a huge um, interest in uh, genealogy, ancestry.com, all of that. So what happens to, how does that fit into this? How do you, how does someone go back and hmm. trace a family tree? Well, if they know their donor, she can help them. So that's, you're, you're yeah. clearly leaving that in place. Absolutely. It's, you're kind of reducing some of that mystery. Yeah, I think it's very healthy for a child to be able to trace their genetics, as you say. And that's why I encourage, I certainly can't force, but I encourage people to get to know their donor. And I will give them contact for life. It either can go through my company or they can have direct contact. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I'm influenced because I was given our family tree when I was young. And it goes back to 1634. And I know <laughs> nice. I, I've got a direct line back to, you know, right. the boat after the Mayflower. And right. found that I have a relative in Santa Barbara who... Move, his family moved to California in 1923. My family moved to California in 1923. We're both descended from William Sylvester in 1634. And I'm from the seventh, he's from the first son. And yet the Sylvesters didn't know each other in Pasadena in the 20s. You know, it's just like, it's just, so to me that's interesting, yet uh, my ex-wife was adopted and had no fan. So it was, we could so never really. She was hollow inside. She couldn't be happy. And she didn't. No, she was totally happy, but we couldn't ever talk about that. Right. Because that right. wasn't some part of her identity. Right. And, yeah. and that was mm-hmm. kind of, that was a big deal to mm-hmm. not be able to talk about that. So I'm just curious how, so you've got, I'm thinking there are some 16 year olds in your orbit now. Right, kids 15, who are right. 15, 15 year olds in your are you still in touch? Do you know them? Absolutely. That those that set of twins is in San Francisco. Hmm. Twins. Yeah, they went to South Africa to have the whole medical procedure and birthed in San Francisco. You know what's interesting about this story is they're actually um, they're fourteen or fifteen right now, but I met with them almost every year. They come through Santa Barbara, or I go up there, and. The mother was saying, you know, Robin, the kids have always known that they're egg donor children. We read them all the baby books about it. And if it ever comes up, you know, we'll just refer to um, their egg donor. And uh, but we don't get into deep conversations. She goes, but I'm a little terrified this year. 
because this is the year of sex education. (laughs) When they are going to actually, the light's going to go on where they know where that egg actually came from. I think there's there's probably going to be a really marvelous moment where um, some 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 poor some poor health health class educator is going to exactly. be going through like and this is how this happens <laughs> this is how this happens and that all of you have, were happened like this and they raise their hands in the back and they go yeah that's not how we happened we happened totally different we're and then they right. explain this next layer right. to right. the health teacher that'll be a really my really egg nice came moment. out of a South African <laughs> yeah no I'm actually part South African what yeah no I was a donation. Yeah. I was a donation. What's the biggest challenge right now for you? I mean, once we get the the science right and the medicine right, and you know, it sounds like the it, it feels like the circumstances by which this all happens, you have created like the best way for this to happen. I so, so, right, it's, it yeah. feels like it, right? Yeah. What the yeah, way you've, you've told me, um, I've got to imagine there's challenges. Absolutely. Um, we know. work worldwide, and the laws change all the time. Hmm. And Why do the laws change? Mostly I mean, countries are opening up, which is a good thing. Okay, yeah. So it. I'm always got pushing it. on them. Can we bring our egg donors in now? You know, we'll comply to all your laws. Um, and uh, But one of the main challenges nowadays is we work with a lot of gay couples since gay marriage is sure. opening up everywhere. Just, oh, right. just, uh, just made legal in Germany today. Really? Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but worldwide surrogacy is getting shut down. What is surrogacy? Surrogacy. They need a surrogate mother to birth these babies. Why is that? Well, what's the, what's the big argument against surrogacy? I wish I could tell you. In India, that's where most of it was taking place. Sure, sure. They say it's because they don't believe in gay marriage. It's against their religion, even though they were doing it for years and years and years. So it's a religious And then Nepal shut down. Mexico shut down. Mm. Um, the U.S. is open. Canada is open. And they're just getting impacted by too much demand. Well, because then now what people are doing is, like, like they were doing with South Africa, is having to travel to do a surrogacy rather than just doing it at their home place. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. you ha- just about have to travel for surrogacy, but the prices are unaffordable. And the right. demand is right. can't keep up. So that's a big challenge. It's not that I deal with surrogates, but I need to be able to guide people into where what clinic they can use mm-hmm. where there's surrogates available. If someone is interested in, in this, and they see where well, they're listening, what, what is the average time from that first contact they have with you till the procedure? I mean, is it, is it a short decision or do people tend to ruminate on this? I liken it to real estate. Oh, you get a okay. new client sure. and you can take them around <laughs> and show them houses one week and they're like, yes, that's it. And they're you know under contract or they can take years. And you never know what the emotional reason is because we have almost 200 egg donors. Um, but from the day they choose their donor, it takes about two months until the procedure happens. And can you say how many babies you've brought out? I wish I could exactly, but with these frozen embryos, it's hard to keep track. But we're well over mm, close to 800, I'm sure. <gasps> wow. That is very impressive. Isn't wow. it fun? It, that is a beautiful number. Yeah. That, makes, that makes me really smile inside. Good for you. Thank you. Thank, 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 thank you. you. Thank you for like, I don't know, I just, because what that means is that's, that's 800, you know, groups of parents who, yeah. who yeah. 
were struggling. And I maybe I maybe didn't appreciate that until this year with, with our kid. You know, like I don't think I fully appreciated the, the emotional impact of, of, of that. Yeah. So And these egg donor children, like adopted kids, you go through a lot yeah. before you finally get yeah. that beloved baby in your arms. Yeah, you don't start with like a, a, a young couple at 28, like, oh, hey, let's... Yeah, and you're not buying an egg off the shelf, that's for certain. So when they choose their donor, I start right off by saying, okay, you need to ask this donor. She needs a choice in this matter. So I have them write a letter to them, to Hmm. her, just saying Hmm. why they need an egg donor, where this Hmm. child is going to grow up, something about their hobbies. So it becomes real for this donor. She's now no longer giving eggs to a clinic, but she's giving it to a real couple. She's actually participating. Yeah, Yeah, and then I have them write her another letter before she starts these injections because that's the most daunting part for the donor. Um, And then after the whole experience is is over, I I don't give her $1,500 for her time and effort. I give her $1,500 for an essay she writes me um, Hmm. about what this is all meant to her now that it's over. Hmm. So uh, it goes very deep. These are tear jerkers, all of them. Oh, and gosh. so that is then given to the couple who hopefully shares that with the child. So the child understands that the, they did not buy an egg, that this woman is doing it out of the generosity of her heart. Right. It's right. just a win-win-win situation. What matters most is the baby, of course. Yeah. But yeah. let's, you know, what an amazing experience we all can have along the way. I'm sure you can't publish those letters. Absolutely, I do. You do? Yeah, they're on my website. (laughs) Well, because... There uh, you go, Mark. They're they're journalism contracts, literally. Yeah, those are fantastic. So I'm a uh, a martial artist, and when at each black belt, we had to write an essay of what it meant to us, what the journey was for Master Wheaton. And, And he's the only one who's ever read them until they... He, they, he said, would it be okay uh-huh. And if we let other people read them? Because the, they're inspirational on so many different levels. So just this, this earlier this year, a book was published of them. Oh, how beautiful. And uh, reading the other people's ones, wow. what they meant to them. And, wow. and so I would think that that would be very inspirational. But you said, I don't want to let the journalism contract. So I'm... Am I going to guess that that was a way to figure out on the legal side and the contract side that that made, I mean, why go with a journalism contract? I came up with that about 12 years ago with a doctor up in Canada. And they said, if you could set it up this way, right, um, then it will look a lot better to us. That, okay, that, so that's right. what I thought. Right. That and, wasn't I thought a, and it just worked. It became no, it, yeah, a yeah, genius yeah. It's a idea. thing, right? Yeah. And you're the only one that does that, I'm guessing. As far as I know. Right. So um, the, we just blew through <laughs> all of that time <laughs> very, very quickly. What? I didn't get to the main point. Oh, what's Tell me your point? main point. <laughs> oh, no, my gosh. It's a message that that's I want to get. burying the lead. Yeah. It's, a, it's a message I want to get out to please, everyone. Please, tell us. Um, it's what doctors never tell you about infertility. I must hear this from... A lot of egg donors now, but also a lot of women that they say, why didn't my doctor ever tell me it was going to be hard to get pregnant after 35? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because everyone is waiting later. Mm -hmm. Um, My donors now know that if they haven't found their partner 
to go ahead and freeze some eggs. They can do a shared cycle where the couple gets half and they can freeze half mm. for a later time. Um, where they're saying to, to, to women, strategize this. Yes. Don't leave it up to the whims right. of a, ro- a right. rom-com movie. Like, you, exactly. you need to not just, you need to anticipate. You have the ability. Right. We have the technology. Let's anticipate how your family's going to get created in right. the event that. So that's what the doctor's not telling you. Because you have this choice. Make a plan. Correct. Make yeah. a plan. I mean, like the doctors in Australia, they don't have egg donors there. Right. So they have put women through 10, 12 IVF cycles in vitro fertilization. Mm. And for those of us... they didn't have anything else to offer. And for those of us who haven't been through those cycles, it sounds very arduous. It sounds like it takes a lot... You know psychologically. what? It psychologically more right. than yeah. anything. Yeah. Certainly it costs 12000 U.S. dollars. And had somebody said to... to if, if a primary care provider at, at the, as the woman was at 20 and 29 said, listen, I don't, I don't mean to dictate your life, but um, if you're not ready to have children yet, you might think about freezing some of your 28-year-old eggs because uh, those could be really useful to the 35-year-old you. I have a couple now. She's 36. They have two young sons. They would like a daughter someday, but certainly not now. So I said to them, well, freeze some embryos now. now not only will yeah. you be able to get that daughter but you can have her when you want after mm. you've caught up with the exhaustion from these two young boys. <laughs> so uh, last question on that. The, so you said that they go through um, the hormone injections, the uh, potential donor, and is that to boost the output? Correct. It's the natural hormones your body natu- produces every month. It's just an increased amount. Got it's it. 10 days of injections. So for this couple... Right. that are going to, she's becoming a donor to herself, right? She has to go through the same thing. Correct? She does. Okay, yes. so she goes through those exactly. injections. Got right. it. Got it. Um, the things we learn. I love this show. I love this <laughs> show. I get to, We get to talk to the most, well, we say in the beginning, fascinating people, you'll want to know better. Yeah. This is um, a different kind of magic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Robin, thank you so much. Um, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the way our, our universe has collided here, and we were able to get this message out. And um, you'll be able to take the show and put it on your website so that you can embed it there so people can listen and, and get along, get to know you a little bit better because it's about building relationships, exactly. uh, which is, is fantastic. We come to the part in the show where um, we get to put a, a bow around this conversation and give it a title. And so you get first dibs on what you would like to call this conversation. So someone who may have come in through the magic show, now they're looking, what do I want to listen to next? And they see a bunch of titles. We've over, we have a lot of shows. <laughs> so they're going to pick a couple. What would we call this? And I have an idea that Good, there was something that came out, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm wondering. Because I've got 15 titles. I mean, you want to choose for one. a TED talk, it's really going to be what your father, what your doctor never told you about fertility. Okay. But, but that was just hit on at the very last year. Right. I don't know what to call this overall introduction. Patrick. Oh, I yeah. I mean, she just said overall, and I thought overall ovaries, but that's not. It's <laughs> got nothing. It's got nothing to do with this. It just it's a nice alliteration. I like. It's more n- about the humanities. It definitely focuses around the. I humanities. like a so. new way to make families. A new way to make families. Mm, interesting. You like that? Yeah, I wish it had a little more specific, but that'll do. 
egg egg donation or egg um egg donors as a new way to make family supporting i don't know i'd love you to think about that okay thank you i will and <laughs> have a yeah. cup of tea okay sit on your porch i'm yeah. sure you've got a great view you live in montecito How is that right i just bought my dream house oh. mountain drive Nice. Oh, you're up on Mountain Drive. Yeah. Do you have the Mountain Drive book? Two miles from where I grew up. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Do you have the Mountain Drive book? There's a history up there. There's a great book I on Mountain Drive. Um, so, for, listener, for you, go get a picture of Santa Barbara uh, taken from the beach looking up. We've got a beautiful mountain range right here, and in the, uh, halfway up that is Mountain Drive. And because we have people listening from 42 different countries, okay? So uh, there in the 50s was the what they call the Bohemian culture. Yes, that's that, why I bought that, there. That mm-hmm. live up mm-hmm. there. And they were famous for making wine and doing grape crushes and having these bacchanalias. And a friend of mine who uh, no longer with us, Chef George Grayson, who was a chef at Westmont College, lived up there. And he was in charge of making the haggis <laughs> for the bacchanalia up on Mountain Drive. And if you get the book, because it's fantastic, the whole history of that fantastic. whole movement, uh, you'll get to see Chef George in there. So I, I love that. And that's where hot tubs were invented, by the way. The Santa Barbara hot tubs were invented up there on Mountain Drive. Okay. So this is a deep pull from Wikipedia. He doesn't yeah. believe me. Google that, sir. I, I believe you. I just think that that's, that's that bit of information. That's a, such a Santa Barbara trivia question. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people in Santa Barbara, the things we keep track of trivia-wise would be like. It's. It's having lived here since 1972. That's what it is. So um, I will also, in addition to thanking Robin for being on the show, I want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Full String Press. If you're interested in partnering with our podcast, drop us a note, partner at 805connect.com. So, Patrick, someone who's listened to the end, yeah. um, how, how could they help the show? Well, they can help the show by rating us, writing about us, reviewing us, uh, seeking out friends that haven't yet heard uh, our podcast, and getting them subscribed. Grab their phone. That's the best way to do it. Grab their phone and hit subscribe for them. Um, that way they don't have to try to navigate to us. You can just do it for them. And then we'll uh, automatically pop into their uh, handheld devices, and they can acquire the information that we have here guilt-free. I try to do that once a week. I just yeah. randomly grab someone's phone, look for the purple podcast <laughs> icon, type in 805, and hit subscribe. It's it's magic the way thousands, that happens. Thousands of people just looked down at their phone and went, yeah, that's how it happened to me. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear from you if you've got some questions or, or more importantly, if you have an idea for a guest, uh, drop me a note, mark at 805connect.com. I thank you in advance. We uh, sit at the wonderful nexus of all these amazing conversations and people we never would have met without your help. So I'm thanking you in advance. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.